Hello, everybody, and welcome to On the Flank, episode number 18. My name is John George, and one of your hosts alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hello, everybody. And, uh, Merry when Christmas, it comes, kind of. Yeah, kind of Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, and when it comes to analysis, we are on the flank. Uh, we're a little bit late here. It's a Wednesday, my dudes. And uh, yeah, I was just a bit busy this weekend, unfortunately. Uh, but we're pushing it back. We're still here this week. It is it is the holiday season, Joe. So we're getting a little busy. Um, but we've still got we've got a lot of things to talk about here. Um, we've got we got some more teams to preview, of course, like we always do uh, at the end of the episodes. Until the season uh, occurs, we will be previewing two of the teams in the second season of the Overwatch League. We've got some great news, including that schedule that came out. Uh, we're going to preview some of our favorite games, as well as what we think about the changes they've made to the schedule. Um, and talk about some tickets, maybe possibly do some math. I know me and Joe did a bunch of math before this, right before this, on uh, ticket prices. Um, but to start it off, we did just get a patch, Joe. You are my patch man, and this is a Winter Wonderland patch. Uh, would you like to, I mean, we already talked about this PTR patch, but we got some cool new cosmetics. You want to talk about them, Joe? That's right. Yeah, it's been... Uh... I mean, it's been a little bit over a week now since it's gone out. But yeah, Winter, Winter Wonderland is live. This is 1.31. Um, so with the actual mechanics of the patch, this is the one that um, had the uh, Shield Bash nerf uh, for Brig Turner and a little bit um, more of a healer, uh, if you want to think of it that way. Obviously, we don't have lots of uh, uh, public pro input yet, but you know we'll see. Uh, also, it's the Doomfist changes, uh, probably a little bit of a nerf for Doomfist. Uh, Bastion McCree Torbjorn buffs for uh, Bastion spread in sentry mode. Uh, McCree got a fan of the hammer buff and Torb's uh, molten core DPS was increased by like 10 or something. Um, but yes, we talked about a little bit last week some of the uh, Winter Wonderland skins. Uh, there's also one for Ash and for Reinhardt and for Junkrat. Uh, the Junkrat uh, Krampus is super cool. Um, I would have bought it, but it's very expensive because it's a legendary skin. Yes. Uh, I also special shout out to the Torbjorn emote. Um, which have you seen this this Torb emote? I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it? Okay. Yeah. It's uh, it's like the Arissa puppy one, except um, Torb opens his his present and out pops a bunch of little turrets, and they like hop around him, <laughs> like oh. like they're pets or something and i think it's i think it's called my babies <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's, it's the name of the emote anyway what else would uh, it be called <laughs> yeah also i think it was uh zp maybe who tweeted that the uh the even he said something to the effect of doomfist may be nerfed um but if you ever but uh just a gentle reminder that the uh, and they say voice line is a winter wonderland exclusive so if you want that uh, you might have to to buy that here before the event goes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so the Owl Away skins um, that were on PTR, they're live now. So if you have at any point during the season bought a uh, home skin for an Owl team or gotten an Away skin from the Twitch All Access Pass, uh, you now have the corresponding skin on the live server. So that's kind of cool. Um, and any future ones that you buy, you'll get uh, two skins for the price of one. And the other change that I wanted to highlight cosmetically is that uh, 
Uh, Bob is now golden if you own Ash's golden weapons, uh, which is cool. Like, like the entire Bob is gold. Yeah. <laughs> not even just a little bit. Not even just his gun. No, the entire Bob <laughs> is just made of gold now. I mean, he is her weapon, you know? So it's he true. deserves it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love all these cosmetic changes. I, I've said it once. I've said it twice. I'm going to say it a third time. Winter Wonderland, my favorite event. Um Brings Christmas cheer. I also love one of the best part about Winter Wonderland is the uh, like kind of remixed Overwatch theme on the main menu uh, for Christmas. Makes me happy. Yeah. Uh, but Owl Awakens, I'm super pumped about that update. I bet everyone's pumped. That makes that makes the jerseys almost or the skins almost uh, just worth it even more. Because I love the away skins. You get two skins now per purchase, uh, which is $5 still. So that's good. Um, and yeah, I haven't been able to log on yet and do all this stuff. I'm I'm a busy, busy man with Christmas and all this stuff happening. And I'm moving. And it's crazy. Um, but I want to be able to log in hopefully this week. Um, and, and have some fun and comp with these nerfs hope hopefully i've i haven't heard too much have you been playing joe uh not tons no uh i know uh the you know there have been rumblings on twitter from coaches and stuff uh, saying that uh scrims have been interesting uh, but we don't know exactly what that means obviously uh yeah i don't know it's it's something <laughs> yeah i mean it's uh, we'll, we'll find out down the line obviously we're not going to find out this soon if anything's changed um but yeah, well, the changes I, I feel like goats is definitely going to be weaker with the changes yeah, or at least it's gonna to have to play in a different way for sure <laughs> so. yep um yeah so that that's the event going on patch 1.31 um and now we we head into the news not too much this week uh but we did get the gladiators another two-way contract this one with panker their gladiators legion player panker um he's a tank player so they get they get another tank they get a nice backup tank if they need him and they get to keep him on gladiators legion which is uh great for for the contenders team down there i think i think panker's a great addition and i think i think gladiators legion is is uh great overall they've They've not now got Corey um, left Gladiators Legion to go to Washington Justice and Blase, uh, their other DPS left uh, back left uh, back in October to to go to Boston. Uh, so I, there's there's some great talent uh, here in Gladiators Legion. Still waiting for Gods, um, my main man Gods to to get picked up by an Overwatch League team. He'll get there one day. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't be upset at any of these. I think these are some nice, talented players that can mold in well And LA themselves finally gets to take advantage of one of these players in their, uh, contenders team. Uh, what do you think about Panker? Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm not, um, personally a diehard gladiators fan, but I know most of the diehard gladiators fan, uh, fans, this didn't, uh, come as a surprise to them for sure. Um, uh, you know, that's in fact, they're. Uh, Gladiators release video, uh, you, you know, announcing announcing Panker. You know, it's just screenshot after screenshot of uh, of uh, Gladiators fans, you know, harassing them on Twitter and Reddit and all that. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I think um, you know if uh, if they had been in a position 
the gladiators that they were concerned about their tank line. Um, I think certainly this has uh, been relieved. I think um, to, to an extent, you know, well, um, I have some pretty solid confidence, I think, in in these guys. Um, but you know, it's to have uh, have those resources available. I think it's going to be uh, definitely used here. Yeah, uh, I, for the gladiators. Yeah. Uh, they've continued to have one of the best off seasons um, in the Overwatch League this season. Decay, Roar, Panker, Ripa, all great, all great pickups. Um, fantastic. And now they got a backup tank uh, with Ripa. They got their backup support uh, in case Shaz or Big Goose need relieving. Uh, now, in case Roar needs relieving, they do have Panker, uh, which is good for them. Always good to have backups. Um, always good. Especially talented ones like Panker. Uh, so yeah, that's the one bit of uh, of roster news this week, Gladiators. Um, then we got, of course, as promised. I think this was exactly a week ago now, from when we're recording this. Uh, they revealed the Overwatch League schedule in its entirety. Um, and we, de- I'm so thankful we got like PDFs of these because I, that is my favorite way to view it. Uh, you can see so many games at once with that PDF. Uh, but we got, we got a bunch of tickets started, tickets started going on sale. We got more information on the homestand weekends, Dallas fuel, Atlanta rain, and the Los Angeles Valiant. Like we predicted last week. I think I meant, I mentioned Los Angeles Valiant. Um, I know every, everyone's like, why the Valiant? And I think we said it last week that they're like the only ones to officially announce like where they're playing next year. Uh, so it makes sense why they were chosen because they actually have an arena. Atlanta Rain is like still working things out, I think. And I think Dallas has a venue though, right? That sounds right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, hopefully, hopefully Dallas does because there's his first... <laughs> Yeah, uh, Allen Event Center in North Texas is where the field's going to be hosting theirs. Um, Atlanta Rain doesn't have a venue yet, and then Microsoft at the Novo uh, by Microsoft at LA Live um, is where the Valiant's going to be playing, and we knew that for about like a year now. I feel like they announced it before, like almost before the Overwatch League Season 1 that, that the Valiant would be playing there when uh home matches would start to be played so we got three uh homestand weekends is what they're calling them um or that's i think they actually have different names so that that's the atlanta it's the atlanta homestand and then it's like dallas ultimate weekend and i forget what the the la valiant one is but uh yeah i forget i forget that too but it, and it's interesting because i've days. seen other um I think the, like the Atlanta Twitter has referred to it as the Homestead Weekend, but <laughs> definitely, but definitely all the owl promotional materials have said Homestand, so yeah. I have no idea what that means. But yeah. Homestead is like that sounds like an old Western movie. Yeah, but, uh, yeah I'm pretty sure it's Homestand, but yeah, they probably have the option to to name it whatever they would like. Dallas named it the Ultimate Weekend, and it still is probably the default for atlanta and la right now because it both says it does both say um just los angeles valiant homestand and atlanta rain homestand on their website the overwatch league website um so basically the details on those are um the first one's april 27th and 28th that's stage two 
uh, basically eight teams are going to each one of these, uh, and you you get two days of Overwatch League action, uh, just like a normal two days in, in LA or anywhere else, um, except there's only eight teams involved. Uh, so only eight teams are going to be traveling. The other 12 will just all have bye weeks that week and not play. Um, I think everybody travels. I, I haven't double-checked that in a while, but I, when I first checked it, I believe that everybody has at least one travel weekend, if you even consider the L.A. one <laughs> a traveling. Yeah, I think they do. It's not everybody goes um, to every every location but yeah i think everybody goes at least to one place yeah i think that is what they set it up for um and we got i mean you they you gotta give them you gotta give them props because they they made sure that some the 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 right teams are going to the right places houston going to dallas and and uh san francisco shock and the gladiators um the the valiance rivals going to la live all this stuff uh, they, they've truly scheduled these to be super hype. Uh, what do you think about these homestand weekends? A good start to the home and away system they want to do next year? Definitely, yeah. And I think, um, you know, partly trying to get in at this um, small scale, I think is good. Uh, you know, I don't know if uh, many people, it, it, certainly I didn't um, think about it, that they, they could start it up this way. Uh, but yeah, to have you know eight teams or ten teams or whatever it is, um, you get coming into each weekend, um, you, you know, do two days of matches, um, and, and you know, sort of low uh, low scale in that way. But to test all of these kinds of uh, logistics that I'm sure uh, you, you know they're going to have to run through, like this this Dallas weekend especially, you know, uh, you know if they can pull it off cleanly, it's big big props to them. But I think uh, you, you know even being prepared for um, you, you know, little uh, little mistakes here and there. I think might not be um, bad bad to think about, but uh, uh, but yeah, taking this this small scale approach to like sort of a warm up right for season three, uh, making sure they know exactly all the things that go into it, and giving uh, these teams experience now in hosting. I think is going to be valuable. Oh yeah, and I'm not sure. <laughs> We'll find out what happens uh, with the production team in in uh, uh, the season three. Uh, how I mean, it's going to be a lot to juggle if they're traveling all over the place. And I bet they're just going to be traveling to um, maybe just the biggest games. And I feel like it depends because normal sports, traditional sports, works um, how they work is basically each city has their own small production team um in their like cuz they're all most most cities have like a local fox sports channel or a local sports channel in general that's owned maybe not by fox by by another another company um that basically the MLB and all these and NBA give those those guys rights to uh broadcast those games because the MLB can't have every single game in, uh, like broadcast live, um, in prime time on national television. Um, but it's going to be Twitch and it's going to be different. So I'm wondering like next year, maybe Boston uprising streams from the Boston uprising Twitch when they have games or something like that, but we'll see, we'll see what they do. 
Uh, I'm just making guesses out there. This could be completely different, and it probably should be. Um, it probably should be different from sports. Uh, but we'll find out. This is just speculation for for a very long time ahead. <laughs> so uh, besides that, we got some prize pool stuff. Um, so the prize pool is 5 million up from 3.5 million in season one, um, stage playoffs prize pool. Uh, so in the stage playoffs, the winner will get 200 K, uh, the runner up will get 100 K third and fourth. will get 50 K and then fifth through eighth, get 25 K. So you're guaranteed money. If you make those stage playoffs, uh, one through eight make stage playoffs and it's only stage one, two, and three. Uh, in the season playoffs, the champion will get $1.1 million. Runner-up will get six hundred k. Third place gets four hundred fifty. Fourth place gets three hundred fifty. Fifth and sixth gets three hundred, and seventh and eighth get two hundred uh, k. So we got a new prize pool. Do you know? Do you know how much the champion got last year? I feel like uh, it was a million. Yeah, that's what I want to say too. So barely, barely a raise of the champion. Uh, most of that, the prize pool is going up because they now are the, re- rewarding like, the, more people. Awards are getting larger, yeah. Exactly. With the number of awards. Yeah, number of people who get rewarded has been going up. So if you make playoffs, then you are getting rewarded. Um, I'm fine with that. Uh, what else? Map pool. So we got a 12 map, uh, map pool. Me and Joe talked about this a little bit when it was announced and our thoughts on it. Um, we got 12 maps up from, what was it, 9 maps, I guess? 9, yeah. Because of the tiebreaker map. Um, and now the tiebreaker, instead of being a set map, it's going to be one of the two control maps that were not already played in a series. So one of the things people really wanted changed was the tiebreaker map no longer being controlled because a lot of people feel like control isn't real Overwatch. Um, they didn't do that. They didn't change that. Uh, so now we got twelve maps. What are your thoughts on 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 the twelve maps, Joe? Um, you know, I think it's good. You know, we've got uh, some of the newer maps in there too. You know, Busan, uh, Rialto. We'll be able to see uh, in Owl Stage One. Which uh, was Rialto in like the the finals pool? Have we seen that at all in Owl? No. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think World Cups the first time I saw Rialto. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. So so that'll be cool. That's uh, that's its debut, even though it's pretty old map you know by now but yeah. um but yeah i think so notably this this 12 map pool that's going to make it uh you, you know more interesting for the uh spectators for sure but you know i'm almost uh, almost positive that the players and coaches hate it uh you, you know to add uh, more maps again to this this pool is going to go by stage so these uh th- these 12 maps that we know right now are just for stage one but um and you know granted each match will have like the preset maps um so that it's not completely random like the world cup which was uh you know essentially random draw draw the map out of a hat and your opponent doesn't know your pick uh before uh before the time but yeah but to have still you know a really large map pool relatively i mean this is more than half i think of the maps in the game um is is gonna be difficult or more difficult uh for teams to prepare certainly yeah, that was my one complaint. As a spectator, and I believe many spectators were annoyed by how, by how often maps were played, and they would just come up constantly. We've got some more variety now as a spectator. 
Um, but I think we're going to get some less strategy and just not as good, good, just not some, some good play in general, because it's going to be harder to practice for this amount of maps in one stage. Um, I think if they, I think they can, they can make it, they can make it okay if they schedule the maps nicely for these teams. Um, and of course, always having like knowing what map you're going to be playing ahead of time is fantastic. Don't take that away. Um, but hopefully, I mean, teams are only getting better. Maybe my, maybe, maybe they will, um, maybe we'll still see some high level strategies on all these maps, despite how many maps they need to practice. Um, maybe we'll get some set plays still. Um, maybe teams build up their coaching staff some more, um, so that more coaches can focus on weeks ahead and, and strategizing for weeks ahead and maps that they haven't played yet. Um, that'd be nice too. So we'll see how this works out. (laughs) I think so far I've seen the players and coaches complain about it. You're right about that. Um, but I, I think the viewers are going to love it because, and I'm going to love just not seeing Twitch chat complain about every map that's about to happen. Um, but it probably will still happen. Um, especially when horizon is played, everyone's going to be like, Oh, uh, but yeah, 12 new map, 12 maps, a new format. Uh, that's pretty nice. Um, but as far as ticketing goes, so I went, I went to, I went to one week last year in Los Angeles. They had signings after every day. Um, now you, um, team signings. So it says team signings are, will be featured once during the season for a post-match team signing. So every team's going to be featured at least once. The system they were doing last year was like whoever won the second game of the day of three would be the signing, the signers. Um, team signings are free to all fans in attendance. Um, and team, team signings are noted on the ticketing pages uh, when you buy the ticket, it'll note which team is signing that day. Uh, so, yeah, we've we've got team signs a little bit more. It's it's guaranteed that each team's going to sign. If you want to go a day just to get uh, signatures from your favorite team, you can now do that. Season pass. So this is the thing me and Joe were doing math on earlier. Uh, because I, I went through the season pass just to see how much it cost. It cost $1,392. Including all the fees. <laughs> that includes the fees. It costs 1200 without fees. Um, and I, Joe immediately was like, holy, holy cow, that's insane. <laughs> um, it's a lot of money. And I was sitting there like, that's not only a lot of money, but you have to like, you are going to feel obligated to go to like, I did the math. It's like 66 days in, in blizzard arena, Los Angeles. You are going to have access 66 days. Um, and those days are long Four four games. Now the three game days were pretty long and now you have four games a day. Um, and you're going to feel like obligated to go to all of those. And you've bought all all of those like joe was saying that's a part-time job basically right yeah or close to a full-time job yeah it's like 32 hours a week something like that yeah that's ridiculous and we did i did the math and 
Um, if you were to buy each ticket individually versus the season pass, there's no discount on the season pass. It costs basically the same to, to just buy each ticket individually versus the season pass. So if you're going to go to every game, man, I, how <laughs> is my question, first of all. But you'd I guess, have to live like right next to the, to the arena or something. Yeah, uh, but you <laughs> you do get um, you do get some nice perks actually. Um, it's true. Make it make it worth it overall, definitely. Yeah, my math. So my math didn't include stage uh, playoffs or finals. Um, so in season pass, the season pass is going to get be discounted if you include the season. The stage are the stage finals and the stage playoffs. Um, tickets to the All Star Game I didn't include in my math. Uh, you get to be early access in Blizzard Arena, so ten minutes before do- doors open, you basically get front row. Because I doubt there's going to be too many of these season pass holders. Um, you get a backstage tour. You get a Soldier Seventy Six statue signed by your favorite team, priority for all team signings, and early access to purchase Grand Finals tickets, and a T-shirt apparently, according oh. to this this ticket site. <laughs> and it says you have to be age six or over. Oh, jeez. So all of you who my... are planning to buy a season pass for your five-year-old, too bad. I really wanted to get one for my three-year-old cousin. That stinks. Nah. <laughs> I wonder if it's like the statue or something that like the, they're like that's the, too like, heavy, or just on the box. You know, it says age of six. And I'm like, oh well, the whole thing has to be <laughs> six and under. You can't. <laughs> Sorry, that's hilarious. Um, what other you got other options too? You know, pick six. Uh, fans can customize a six game package featuring their favorite team the pick six package automatically includes the team signing date of their favorite team um i went through this pick six it's basically the same as just buying six tickets um yeah nothing more nothing less than that except you are forced to buy the day that your team is going to be signing (laughs) so which makes uh, sense yeah um so that's the only difference. Pick six, not too much of a discount at all. You don't get too many perks, but it's a better option for people who don't want to go to a whooping 66 days uh, throughout the year. Uh, that's like two, that's two months. Two months wasted in the Blizzard Arena. Um, Friends and Family Fridays is another another nice little package. On eight Fridays throughout the 2019 season, we're offering the Friends and Family package for just $88. This group ticket offer includes four tickets, four drinks, and two orders of nachos. Um, that's That reminds me of baseball. That really reminds me of baseball. Um, because I, there are so many packages in baseball that's like, oh, get like a four four tickets four drinks and two hot dogs with with this much uh which is interesting that that overwatch is now embracing that especially with uh how uh crappy their food is <laughs> they don't no one's like oh i gotta go to the old arena and get some nachos like that they got the best <laughs> but everyone's like i gotta get to the ballpark and get a hot dog like there's a big difference but what do you think about friends and family fridays joe more family friendly I mean, you know, if if you're gonna take yourself and three people to an Overwatch League Friday, 
spend eight hours there and watch the matches. I mean, you know, that's <laughs> it's 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 pretty solid. I mean, it's what twenty two dollars a person with the food. So sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I might honestly, I might just do that because my um my family's gonna come and visit me in L A. Might might just use that package. Might use a fam- friends and family Friday when they come and visit just to because I I definitely wanna take them to an overwatch league game when they come they've they've never been so yeah there you go show show them what i do you know uh and then the last thing is um pride day in conjunction with la pride day 2019 the overwatch league will celebrate our lgbtq fan base which is great uh that is sunday june 9th is the pride la pride parade so i'm guessing well do they have games on sunday they do um they have games on sunday this year so guessing sunday june 9th is when they're going to be doing that uh joe what what would you if you were purchasing one of these bundles what would you what would you go for uh i mean it probably wouldn't be the season pass <laughs> like we said i think even if i lived there that might be a little bit much but uh i do like the uh uh the pick six though i mean because you can you know get in you know a little bit in each stage maybe uh, plus the signing it just makes sense and that's probably maybe about the number of games that I or the number of days that I would actually go anyway so yeah and of course I actually won't be going really at all because it's in California but you know you'll have that where's your midwest team you need a midwest Atlanta's Atlanta's like Atlanta's actually pretty far from Indy yeah yeah, I think the closest is DC yeah from here that's true it's like DC yeah but they're all pretty far. <laughs> DC, Toronto, and Atlanta are like the close closest yeah. three, I feel like. And Philly, I think. But yeah. yeah. I'm from Detroit and Toronto's definitely the closest to there. So yeah. I guess I have to be a Toronto fan. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, I don't even know if I did the pick I would probably do the pick six as well. I don't even know what team I would pick. I don't know if I'm a Outlaws fan this year. I think I'm a Gladiators fan. Like I don't know which ones I would pick at this point so i'm not gonna buy them yet but yeah i think six is about the amount that i'm gonna go (laughs) so i think that's a i think that's a good option season pass is pretty tempting just for like a nice backstage tour like that'd be cool um you get tickets to all stage all three stage finals the all-star event like that's kind of tempting but in the end i know i'm not gonna go to every single i don't even have time to do that so it's just not worth it um so that i mean that's basically all the that's all the details did i miss anything i don't think so no oh i mean they'll they'll have some matches on uh disney xd and espn3 probably but yeah um that doesn't pertain to me too much but (laughs) uh, if you you want to see the details of that that's on their website so if you're staying with mlg also Oh yes, um, I don't think they are not going ever going to go away from MLG because that is Blizzard's Blizzard's uh, platform basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that's it for the the details of the schedule. Um, later, I'm going to get into my favorite matches. Uh, I think we also there's something I want to point out about the schedule in general. And I, w- I want to know your thoughts on it because I, Shanghai Dragons, tweeted out their individual schedule. Um, and I was just shocked to see some things on here. Um, and it's very interesting to me because last year, in each stage, 
No team played each other twice. You you would basically play um, almost every other team at least at least once. No team. If you played another team twice, it would be in stage playoffs. Uh, that's not that's not what uh, Overwatch League is going with whatsoever this year. Um, if you if you don't know, every if you are in the Atlantic, you play every other Atlantic team twice, and you play every Pacific team once. So you're playing everybody in the league. Um, but the Shanghai Dragon, Dragons, they're in the Pacific. They play a bunch of Pacific teams twice. Not only do they play them twice, but sometimes, uh, most of the time, they play them in the same stage. They In stage one, they play the Dallas Fuel in back-to-back weeks. Um, not only back-to-back weeks, but back-to-back games. Uh, in week three, they play the Dallas Fuel to finish off their week. And then uh, the first their first game of week four, Dallas Fuel again. <laughs> then in stage three, in stage three, they have seven games, but they uh, they only play they only play five. Wait, one, two, three, four, five teams, because they play the LA Valiant twice, and they play the Guangzhou Charge twice. Uh, they play the LA Valiant. That that one's separate, at least. It is still back to back weeks, though. Um, and then Guangzhou Charge is back to back weeks and back to back. Once again, and then in stage four, they play Soul Dynasty twice. Uh, that one's a little bit more spread. So I wanted to know your thoughts on this. I think it's very interesting uh, because in other in other sports, I think people are more fine with this. But this is this is Overwatch, where um, Shanghai Dragons could get very lucky because maybe they play maybe they play the LA Valiant in stage three when that's on the patch that the LA Valiant is very bad, and they got to play LA Valiant twice that stage. That's why that's why this is kind of interesting to me. Um, some people might luck out with their schedules just because they play they play teams uh, in a stage that they're on a weaker patch. Uh, what do you think about this? That's true. Yeah, I hadn't even uh, thought about it in the context of patches, but yeah, just uh, even for just the the mental and um, the preparations that you go in for the match. I mean, for example, this. Uh, uh, Dallas doubleheader, the Guangzhou doubleheader. Um, the, you know, if if that first match uh, is super one-sided, one way or the other, uh, t- to then have to you know go from uh, you can go from the first match into the second and try to uh, you know stay calm and stay neutral, I feel like that'd be uh, pretty difficult. Um, but you, yeah, you're right. The, the patches, like you said, I hadn't even thought about that. But yeah, to uh, imagine having to play. Um, Dallas Fuel twice, stage four of uh, of season one. You know that would have been really difficult, uh, or you know that it's more so than any other team would have had uh, to experience that. Uh, uh, but yeah, so it's yeah, no, it's weird because yeah, you would you would have thought for sure that they would try to uh, have spread it out a little bit more. I mean, Shanghai plays Seoul twice in stage four. Uh, it's the same deal that yeah I don't know, uh, you, you know if because uh, you know certainly we wasn't intentional to put the uh, to, to put these matches back 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 to back I wouldn't think but uh, you, you know whether it could have been intentionally corrected or not I don't know uh, but yeah it's, it is it is sort of odd yeah I think with the schedule they went more with focus I think they focused more on. We need this match to be here 
because because of this hype we need this match to be here because because of this storyline more than we need east and west time zones too yeah um and all that stuff i definitely think east and west time zones time zones in general is what their first focus should be um no doubt because i really would love if european and asian fans could um could be able to watch this and and stay interested in it uh, because they want it to be a global league and they've got we've got tons of tons of teams that aren't in north america so i think that should be their first priority whether or not their second priority should be storylines versus something like this um where are just making sure that each stage is sort of even I will find out at the end of the season if this works, but um, I think it's interesting. I think it's also interesting. I, I think it wouldn't matter that much if there wasn't money on the line in stage playoffs. Like if there was no such thing as stage playoffs, I think this wouldn't be as big of a deal, but I think it is a pretty big deal um, because you don't play. This is different. Like you don't, there was like last year, there was a minor, like you would miss out on one team. Like if a team missed out on Shanghai Dragons last year, it'd be like, oh well, you got you got uh, a harder schedule. You you didn't get to play Shanghai this this stage, or something like that. But it would it wouldn't make a difference. That was one game. Uh, now it's gonna be like, oh, the the Chengdu Hunters are in the stage playoffs, but only because they had like the easiest schedule this this stage. Like they played the seven teams they played were terrible. And it's like you have money on the line, and some some of these teams are some of these teams are going to have easier schedule than than other teams, especially when Shanghai only plays five different teams in stage three. Um, I don't think those teams. I mean, LA Valiant's going to be good, and they face Gladiators and Fusion, so I think they're going to have a harder schedule. But it's going to be interesting how many excuses are going to be thrown out now, um, and how much how much it might just stink that. Maybe you landed a harder schedule and now you're you could have been eighth or like maybe you were better than the Chengdu Hunters, but they had an easier schedule, but they got eighth, you got ninth. And that just stinks. Um What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I mean it, it makes sense. Um uh, I'd be interested to see. Um I had haven't looked um uh, super carefully at other teams, um, you know, if it's um, you, you know, Shanghai runs into that, or if there are other teams that have similar issues, uh, you know, I, I imagine that probably is mm-hmm, uh, there just just statistically. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it, it's another iteration, right, on the some of the schedule uh, scheduling stuff people were talking about season one. You know, they fixed um, they fixed some issues. Um, you know that um, you know playing fewer matches and all that. But definitely now there are other ones that have. Uh, arisen you know i think it's fair to say yeah i I don't think it should be i I personally have never been a big fan of stage playoffs finals i think i mentioned this in our like formatting thing um but they want it to happen Uh, i think it's good for i think it really keeps the teams that aren't don't have a chance to make playoffs it really keeps those teams in it at the end of the state at like stage three stage four but it's it's completely removed from stage four now so the one thing i like about it is just gone now um and i guess i enjoy like seeing 
a championship every stage or something like that. But I feel like it also muddles the, the, I think it really muddles up the actual championship. And I think a lot less people were paying attention to the actual championship because of how many different people were rewarded throughout the season for being the stage champion. Um, and I wonder how many like casual viewers thought the stage four championship was like the championship. Um, I don't know. I've, I'm not the biggest fan of stage playoffs and championships. I know there are tons of people that are. I the one thing I was a fan of is now gone. Like stage four, stage four uh, playoffs don't exist anymore. It's a wild card tournament now. Um, so there's there's barely any point in the 15 through 20 seeds competing in stage four um, anymore, which which stinks. And now there's the scheduling issue with all of it. Some teams are definitely going to have harder schedules in, in stages than others. We'll see what happens. It's probably not as big of a deal as I'm making it out to be. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Any any other thoughts on it or the schedule in general? Uh, yeah, I don't know what it would be. Uh, I think part of this will definitely uh, be interesting to see how the, uh, the casters in production uh, tries to spend some of these things, you know, because again, tr- you're trying to tell um, stories throughout the season and all that. Uh, but yeah, trying to make these connections uh, in a different context. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, it definitely will. Um, and it definitely adds some more analysis to things. Uh, I, I got to give them credit on, on that one. Um, <laughs> as a person who likes to analyze things, I can come in and say, well, um, the Hangzhou Sparker. They're and six. They're one and six this stage, but uh, they were playing this team and this team and this team, and that's a very tough schedule. I think they're actually a good team and all this stuff. So, um, what happens happens, um, and we get we. I can't complain because the overall schedule is great. I'm just complaining about individual stage schedules at this point. The overall schedule great. Playing two in conference, one out of conference against every team. You get to play every team at least once which is great. Um, in the NFL, you don't even get to play every team once, uh, which is in, which is still crazy to me. But <laughs> it makes sense for how rough of a game it is. Um, let's move on to Season 3, Joe. Forget Season 2. Let's move on to 2020. <laughs> we're just going to skip ahead. That's... <laughs> Uh, someone, someone on the Overwatch League subreddit, not the competitive Overwatch subreddit. Um, I'm beginning just, just to Overwatch like, League, I think. yeah, I'm beginning to like the Overwatch League subreddit a lot more than competitive Overwatch lately. Um, but yeah, they, someone was nice enough. He was in, he or she was in the season focus group, uh, for the Boston uprising. The craft analytics group hosted, uh, two separate focus groups. Uh, just to talk about the 2020 owl season because mainly because that's going to be uh, where all these teams are expected to host home games. Uh, so let's I'll just go down the list of the bullet points they reached here and uh, me and Joe will talk about uh, what we think. Teams are expected to host 14 home games in the 2020 season. Uh, they, they expect to host. I don't know if. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, not it, final. It, it, yeah, because. Um, I don't know if that's you know something that they've heard from Blizzard or just doing math. Just, Who knows? <laughs> yeah, they're possibly they possibly are just doing math. Twenty eight games, fourteen of of them are home. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. 
Um, so and who knows? We might be getting some more expansion teams, which means more games, all this different stuff. We don't know what's happening. Um, teams will only host their home games. Um, so a team isn't hosting an entire day's all competition like the, like the homestands. Uh, it's just going to be like traditional sports, like New York comes to Boston and, uh, they play one game there. There aren't any other games. Um, on the issue of scheduling, one of the options asked about was whether they wanted to attend a doubleheader, back-to-back days, or alternating days. It's interesting that it's interesting to think they may use back-to-backs as a way of drawing fans to home games. Um, Joe, what do you what do you think the best option there? I think a doubleheader is playing um, the same. Maybe the same. T- Usually in baseball, it's playing the same team twice on the same day. I don't know if that would, if that's allowed to happen, <laughs> because I don't think you could have two home games against the same team. Um, I'm get- maybe playing against one team and then the other team on the same day, and then the other option is playing against one team and then playing against another team back to back days, and you buy a ticket and you get both of those days, or uh, alternating days, which I'm guessing is not back-to-back but rather like friday sunday game what what do you think of those three options uh yeah i think uh again it just depends a lot on you know the structure that they're looking at next season but i think definitely the more they can condense the home games together to be um to lead to less travel for the teams involved, I think that's definitely going to be better. Um, you, you know, cause the more time they're spending on planes and the more money they're spending on planes, you know, the, um, the, the less practice, the less, the less, um, you know, de-stressing the teams can get in. Uh, it's, you know, so I think definitely their argument will be that, yeah, they want it, uh, as condensed as possible. And so because of that, you know, these, these types of, um, uh, these types of venue weekends, I think are valuable. Um, whether or not that happens in, in season three or not, but yeah, to, but to keep the matches, um, you know, together on, on consecutive days or on, you know, related time, I think the more they can do that is definitely, um, definitely the better. And, you know, for, from a spectator's perspective too. Yeah. I think the main issue they have with this is as someone who's going to be sitting at like, if you're someone sitting at home Friday, you're still going to basically be getting the same Overwatch League schedule, I believe, where you just watch four games. But if you're a fan going out to the game, I think the argument here is no one's going to want to pay for like just a short Overwatch match between Boston and New York, and that's it. You just get the one match. Like they would either have to make it cheaper because that's just it's short. It's it's short. It's sweet. It's like an hour and a half, so it's it's not too worthy. I get the the shortest sports sporting events are like two hours, so maybe maybe they make the games longer. Maybe they do something like that. Who knows what they're? I, I don't know what they're they're drawing up at all. But um, I'm not. I'm more of a fan of something like back to back days than I am a doubleheader. Yeah, I think that that's fair. So you know, we talked about. Uh, you know, London stage one finals playing double headers. Yeah, that was it gets That's brutal, big, definitely. Yeah, big, big complaint from the players. Uh, 
fans might like doubleheaders, but I don't think players are going to like doubleheaders. So don't think that's going to be an option. Um, teams still don't know how to arrange their home games. One big topic was whether or not we wanted an arena type configuration or theater type configuration. There are pros and cons to both, but it's interesting that teams aren't decided. Um, what do, what do you think as a spectator? I, I don't think you've, I don't think you've been to an event, but as, as someone who watches from home, which, which one looks better on screen, a theater like the Overwatch League weekly setup, um, or like a World Cup setup, like a big stage, or like the finals. I think if uh, the, as they're moving towards more and more uh, information being communicated to the spectators. I mean, we talked about uh, World Cup group stages for sure. I don't know how it was exactly at the uh, BlizzCon finals, but that they didn't have uh, actually very much for the spectators to watch. You know, other than some screens. Um, sitting in the front, um, but, but uh, if you think about this this owl setup, you know that they had with the super fancy LEDs, and they had all the maps, uh, you, you know, brought up in the control point graphic on the ceiling and all that. Um, that I think the more they want to communicate that, uh, number one, the better, and number two, the easier that will be to do in this type of theater sort of setup. You know that they're all you're all facing the same direction, and there's you know there's screens to look at and that sort of thing, uh, rather than the circle thing, uh, like the the BlizzCon arena, which you know is, is cool for the for the. Uh, the the spectacle of it you know to have oh all the all the world cup teams in there see you know it reminds you of the olympics or something you you know that when they're all uh there at the beginning of it they're all standing in the circle and they've got the flags draped over them or whatever but uh in terms of like actually uh watching and following and uh a competitive overwatch match to get that kind of uh you know high detail focus and then i think it's uh it's a bit better to keep going the way they're going uh, in uh, the Blizzard Arena. Yeah, um, I'm more of a fan of the. Th- I think the theater type has really benefited esports more than the uh, arena type. I think it's really cool when you get that big game in that arena, and I think it's really cool leading up to it. It's like, oh, they're they're going to play in like the Staples Center or something, or even even uh, with the the Owl Finals in Brooklyn and stuff like that. It's really cool spectacle. But overall, like it's always been a better viewing experience in the theater, it feels like, especially in that, honestly, the Blizzard Arena is just one of the best. I think it is the best esports setup. Um, you have all that information, those huge LED panels. I mean, it's just fantastic to watch as a spectator. Um, so yeah, hopefully they go with theaters and I definitely think theaters fit the size of the Overwatch League fandom right now. Like it's not big enough to fill arenas every, every like week right now, especially, um, in markets like Boston and markets like DC and markets outside of LA. Cause LA in LA, most people know what esports is because that's where esports is right now in, in America. So, um, everywhere else. The market's not big enough yet to do an arena, I think. Um, so the rest of the stuff, just just some normal stuff, trying to enhance the home game experience, um, season ticket passes, uh, stuff like that about seating. And then the last thing, uh, 
they had a pre-made list of four spots for the location of where they want home games to be played. Um, and they wanted them to rank it. And the spots were downtown Boston, the North End, Cambridge, and Somerville. Um, I've been to Boston many times. All four of those spots are pretty good. Uh, the North End's interesting to me because that's like... Um, I just wonder where they would play at the North End. But um, yeah, those they didn't mention... And they apparently mentioned... Apparently everyone else was mentioning Foxborough, but they were barely mentioning it back. I doubt they'll play in Foxborough. That's an outdoors stadium, uh, outdoors football stadium. Um, I, 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 I've we, there have been outside out outdoor esports events, but not too many. And I don't think hosting one every week would be too too great. So I don't think that's on their list. <laughs> Clearly, they haven't. They haven't talked about that quite yet. Um, so yeah, this is some cool information. Very vague. We don't know too much. Uh, but cool that Boston's starting to think about it. Um, PTR, 1.32. I think this is mostly bug fixes, right? I didn't see any balance changes. Did you? Are there? Yeah, which I thought was um, notable. But yeah, no, there aren't. Uh, there weren't any balance changes, at least so far, in this PTR patch. Yeah, um, new owl skins came in. That's that's the probably the biggest part of this patch. Um, did you any any skin in particular that you just love, Joe? Uh, yes. So, uh, we out of the season one skins that exist already. I think you know, um, you know we talked about how. Uh, well, I don't know if we talked about it, but. It, uh, I've always thought that the the soul skins are really cool, yeah. uh, with the, with the black and gold. Um, especially uh, the one that comes to mind is like uh, the Soul Dynasty Reinhardt skin. Um, and I think uh, looking that out of these out of these new skins that are coming out, um, d- definitely uh, Toronto I think is the most similar to that because again with with black in the primary color but just red highlights all around. Um, it's super cool. Like so the the Toronto Reinhardt is really cool. Uh, obviously, we've got all the pink and blue skins now. Uh, I saw a Reddit post talking about that. Oh, the Atlanta home skins and the or the Atlanta away skins and the Toronto away skin look too similar. And someone else pointed out, well, we're never going to see them both in the same game, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, but it, and I, I talked about uh, when we when we uh, previewed the, the Guangzhou Charge uh, branding, um, that I said that I think I like the colors based on uh, the two skins that they had. I think it was like Anna and Hanzo or something. Um, but, but I needed to see more. Um, and sure enough, yeah, so looking at more of these uh, these Charge skins, I'm really liking the, the blues that they've got. Yeah. Uh, and also the rest of the Chengdu Hunters skins are also like yellow and gold instead of orange and gold. Uh, we, we talked about you know maybe that was just a weird graphical thing, but no, it's like the skins are very much yellow rather than orange, which is interesting. Yeah, just another reason I'm confused by their branding. Um, yeah, that's so it's so interesting to me that their skins are like yellow, um, because I I definitely would have liked the yellow, black, and gold more than orange. So, I mean, I'm glad there's I'm glad something has it at least, I guess. But yeah, all the skins are super cool. I'm glad we get to see them already. Um, the away skin thing, I'm, 
people are way too bothered about that for no reason, in my opinion. Um, I feel like there's got to be another another two teams that away skins look similar. Like the away skins are basically just white and the other like all white, and then a, like another color, one other color. So they they all have to be very similar. Um, but yeah, I guess people who like buy an Atlanta or Toronto skin are gonna be upset about that. Maybe that's like the only place I can see that valid, validated. Yeah. Um, like if you have if you have both, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's that patch. Um, I'm gonna go over quickly oh, and some bug fixes. Sorry. Oh yeah. Uh, the when Ash was released and everybody was complaining about uh, her scoped FPS locked to sixty. Uh, supposedly that's fixed now. Um, I haven't tried it and I never get higher than like thirty FPS, so I couldn't test it if I wanted to. <laughs> but uh, supposedly that's fixed now. Uh, and now this is the second patch that's come out uh, that claims to have fixed the uh, Reinhardt and Brig uh, shield bugs when you drop your shield and you spin around. Uh, hopefully it actually is fixed now. Uh, but I distinctly remember three or four patches ago that they said they fixed it again. But who knows? <laughs> and a, a few other miscellaneous bugs, but those are the main ones. <laughs> very, very uh, interesting. Hopefully those bugs are fixed this time. Um, but always nice to have just a nice little bug fixing patch. Um, but yeah, now we're going to get into some topics. I'm going to talk about my top match of every single stage, uh, on this schedule. Um, yeah, all, they're mostly going to be, I think they're all Atlantic versus Pacific because Atlantic and Pacific only play each other once in a season. So this is going to be your only opportunity to see this match in the entire season. So I felt like it was almost necessary uh, that the top match be be that, basically. Um, so stage one, my, my choice of top match, it's close. It is a close one. Almost, almost all of my ones that were up there included the LA Valiant. Uh, but I'm going to go with London Spitfire versus Los Angeles Gladiators. This is the only time they are facing off each other. They had a big rivalry last year, of course, with the Fissure thing. I still think the rivalry is more than alive, um, despite Fissure not being involved in either of these teams at this point. Uh, I still I still think the rivalry is, is very much alive, especially after that playoff game last year where London Spitfire came back uh, and beat the Gladiators to move on and eventually win the championship, of course. Um, so I think that rivalry carries on and I think these are two very good teams and this is the only time you're going to see them play the entire season. That is stage one, week three, Friday, March 1st. It is the first game of that day. It's going to be an exciting one. Uh, stage two, um, let me scroll on over to what I have chosen here. Yes, uh, there's no more obvious choice in this stage. Can you guess which one I'm going to choose? Joe, briefly scanning here. Um, uh, not off the top of my head. It's it's the Dallas Fuel Houston Outlaws, the Texas rivalry. Oh, oh. The only nice. time we get to see it this season. Um, I mean this rivalry in just, Dallas. In I Dallas, just, I just realized. Yeah. Oy, in rough. Dallas, like, 
Brava, brava schedulers. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't have, you couldn't have done better. Of course, of course, you gotta have Houston versus Dallas in Dallas. Um, I'm so excited for this one as a Houston Outlaws fan, possibly still Outlaws fan this season. Uh, hopefully, I like I like the players on their team. Hopefully, they're still good, um, and hopefully, this match will be good. Uh, that is definitely my match of stage two, uh, unless they're both terrible and then it just sucks. But either way, <laughs> either way, they are, I mean, even when they were, they were both, they both didn't make playoffs last season and we, their matches were still pretty hype. It's true. Uh, the, the London Philly rematch is also in stage two. So that can be your, yes. the, the second, I should say the second London Philly rematch. So yes. if the, if the Texas one is lame, then you can change your answer. Yeah. <laughs> Philly, Philly has a very hard stage two. They faced New York twice and London. Yeah. That that might be the, that might be the stage they don't make stage playoffs. That's a tough one. That's a tough schedule. Uh, stage three. Who do I have? I mean, I, I would be I would be a sucker to include Outlaws again, wouldn't I? But this is another Outlaws game um, where they're facing the Shock the one time they do in the season. And this is the shock's pretty good, and they dropped Dante, and now you got that that rivalry right there. If the Outlaws are good this season, I do believe that's going to be the game of stage three. Um, but I guess I'll give you guys one if they're not going to be good, and that that'll be uh, London Spitfire versus the LA Valiant. Two great teams. This is the one time they're playing. That's stage three, week four. The Outlaws one is stage three, week two. Um, the weekend in Atlanta. It, it could be, it could possibly be good, uh, but this this weekend includes so many teams with question marks above them. The Washington Justice Charge. We got fi- we got four new expansion teams, um, but you got Atlanta Rain versus uh, Florida Man, the Mc McDonald's versus Defran again. So those are some matchups in Stage Three. Stage four, the final stage includes, I finally get to put an expansion team in one of my favorite matches of the stage. And that is the Paris Eternal versus the Los Angeles Valiant because of uh, soon moving over to Paris. Um, This is going to be the one and only time these two teams play. So this is deep, deep into the schedule. July 27th is the first time we get to see uh, soon go up against his old teammates. Uh, so that should be, that's going to be an interesting one. Um, any matches you want to point out, Joe? Hmm. I hadn't prepared for this. Yeah. Um, you on the spot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah you know, it's, it's some of the, uh, some of the matches we've been highlighting here over the last few weeks. Um, in our team previews, also, you know, things like uh, Vancouver, Shanghai, um, when that's going to happen twice. Uh, uh, so, you, you know, stuff like that. Uh, the battle for LA once that happens. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just in general, it's going to be, you know, week by week. I think there's always going to be something to look at, uh, even if you're not going to watch for eight hours a day, which, as much as, you, you know, I tried to. Uh, going into season one but it didn't work out so well but uh but you you know it's it's definitely gonna be stuff yeah um just going through the schedule this this segment was originally i'm going to point out a good game every single week and joe was like that's a bit uh that's a bit too much and i was like you're right um (laughs) we'll get to we'll get to it all eventually that's what 
was for. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so far there has at least been one really good game, and we don't even know who, how good the expansion teams are yet. Like most of mine didn't include expansion teams because I don't know how good they're going to be, and I'm only basing it off storylines like Paris is the Europe full European team, Vancouver used to be Runaway, and all this stuff like Washington Justice. I don't know. I don't know anything about how good they're going to be or their teams. Same with Chengdu and all these all these other teams that we that are big question marks, right? So um, there there's at least one good matchup. Um, related to season one storylines and season one teams in every week. And then we're going to know more about the expansion teams. And it's super cool because we get, uh, we only get games like either twice or once a year now. Um, and things like the LA, the LA rivalry aren't going to be happening. What seems like every other week, um, which makes it more special. Um, the Gladiators only have a chance to beat Valiant twice a year, and one of them is the very last week uh, in the LA Valiant's home uh, home stage, LA Live. Um, I got to tell you what they really, besides the Atlanta one, because it's going to be hard to schedule like an an expansion team's homestand. But um, Dallas and the LA homestands they scheduled super well, in my opinion. Um, they have LA facing Shock and the Gladiators. They're basically their two rivals. Uh, you got to give props to these guys. Uh, anything else about the schedule before we move on to previewing our two teams this week? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, other than, you know, just the way the numbers work out, occasionally we'll get um, some light days, too, that do have only three matches. Um, I don't know. They don't, they don't appear to have a specific pattern to them. It's just, you know, the way that some of them have worked out. Yeah, some of them are, so like some of the weeks only have two days, and those are most of the homestands, or those are the homestands, and then some of them only have three games, and I mean, it's like they promised, you either get, you either play two times a week, one times a week, one time a week, or zero, Um, and that's just how the schedule happened to work out, and it seems like every single time, it's like towards the Towards the end of the stage, they start to slow things down. Like, okay, there's only two days we play this week, and okay, um, or or the other option is okay, we're playing less games this week. Uh, Thursday and Friday are only going to have three games instead of four. It seems like that always happens towards the end of the stage because they really want to slow that fatigue down, kind of. Uh, but let's preview our next two teams. Um, let's do it. So far, who have we previewed so far? We previewed the Outlaws, the Shanghai Dragons, um, the Vancouver the Vancouver Titans, and who's the other team? L- London. London. Uh, yeah. So if, if you want to see our preview on those on those uh, four teams, go listen to the previous two episodes. But today we are uh, bringing it back every week. We preview two teams: one from the Atlantic, one from the Pacific, and uh, this week. We're going with another expansion team. Uh, much like last week, we did Vancouver. This week, our expansion team is in the Atlantic, the Atlanta Rain. Uh, so, with our previews, we go through each. We give them an off-season grade, some standout players, some anticipated matchups, and then uh, we tell you if they're going to do better or worse in season one. With the expansion teams, we just predict sort of a play what place they're going to get. 
uh, because obviously they're all going to do better than season one because they actually exist now. Um, <laughs> Joe, Atlanta Rain, do you want to go into uh, their offseason? Because, of course, they didn't have any changes, but they added a bunch of players because they're a new team. Um, what, what do you think of their team? It's true, yeah. Um, looking at Atlanta, we've got uh, uh, eight eight players total, um, including one uh, two-way with Atlanta Academy uh, in Gator. Um, but yeah, it's uh, uh, you know it's it's uh, obviously pulled from uh, EU and A contenders, also Erster uh, uh, from China, a couple of Korean, you, you know, pretty multicultural. Uh, Contenders roster coming here for Atlanta. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, the biggest name here is Daf- Defran. Obviously, uh, the, the, you know, everybody trying to see exactly how uh, things are going on. But yeah, uh, as far as their offseason goes, you know, I think uh, they were pretty, uh, pretty deliberate about uh, their roster. You know, that it's uh, that it wasn't all uh, spread out over time. You know, we got the one announcement video, uh, and and that was it. That was the uh, that's the team we're looking at now. Uh, uh, so to, to grade their off season, I mean, um, the the one big thing we got to consider there is that uh, 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 different versus McDonald's. You know that whole thing about <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you know slight slight meltdown he had a little bit, but uh, you, whether that actually whether that was handled internally or not, we don't really know um, exactly what happened. Uh, in that story, but uh, it's happened now, and so uh, we, we've got a team. You know, it's uh, a little bit hard to say whether they're going to land, but uh, I think they're they're definitely been uh, very intentional about it. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I give them, uh, uh, you know, B B plus maybe. I think uh, yeah. that's, uh, that's probably fair. I think their team, yeah, their team has a lot of questions. A lot of questions. Uh, they're one of the team, one of the only teams to just grab from every region. Um, NA contenders, EU contenders, like you were saying, Korean contenders, Chinese contenders. That's just a, a crazy mishmash. I haven't seen a mishmash like this since uh, the Philadelphia Fusion, <laughs> which is crazy because they made uh, they made the championship, and I don't think anyone expected them to. Um, I think everyone predicted them low. I think. Atlanta Rain could be a sleeper team. I like their individual talent a lot. I like Pope, Pope, Popeco. How do you say his name? Popco? Popco? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Basically Poco, but with a P added. Uh, so, once again, just exactly like the Philadelphia Fusion. Um, <laughs> That's the strat. That's the strat. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the DPS line, I have a little bit more questions towards that. I really like their tanks. Uh I have questions about their DPS, whether or not they play Defran or not. I think he's going to be on the bench first, possibly. Um, they got Erster and Nylir, maybe that's how you pronounce it. He's um, from last night's Leftovers, which is uh, now Atlanta Reigns Academy team. Fun fact. Uh, then you got Kodak and um, Masa. I mean, these are all... They're, no one's... I don't think anyone... Only Daco and Popko are... Um, from element mystic together 
on the same team. So all these players are from different teams. They went that route. They decide to get individual talent, um, which only leads me to think that uh, they possibly could be off to a bumpy start. Um, this is exactly what I said about the fusion last year. And then they did not go, get off to a bumpy start at all. It's true. It's true. Um, I don't know. I'm going to go with, I'll go with a, uh, a B as well, just because they had, I'm not, I'm not sure how good their roster is. I don't think it's that good in comparison to everyone else, but I'm just going to give them a B for like, for how much they decided to go out of their way to to just bring this mishmash together. It's so easy to just say, ah, sign all the players from this team. But they actually put research into this and decided, I want this player from this team. I want this player from this team. Like, these are the specific players that I think are good enough to be on our team. Um, So I already got to give them credit for that. I'll give them a B. Cool. Um, What's the next thing? Standout players. Who do you think is going to uh, be Atlanta's MVP uh, per se? The obvious answer of just players to watch again is uh, Defran. So I'm not going to say Defran. Uh, <laughs> you already did. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, but instead, uh, I think for me, it's got to be either Gator uh, or Kodak. Um, I think you, you'll remember Kodak uh, from, I want to say, what, Team Germany in the World Cup? That's, I think. Mm, or did Germany so. even play the World Cup? I don't even know. Germany was not in the top okay. eight, but <laughs> it's one one of the EU teams in the World Cup. You remember him from, uh, you know, playing playing a uh, Rukits and Yada, but then also Gator, uh, already playing on uh, Atlanta Academy and really making a name for himself there. Uh, those are going to be, uh, I think, the two I'd highlight here for Atlanta. Uh, yeah, I'd also like to highlight Gator. He's a good player. Um, am I going to highlight DeFran? Am I going to do it? Am I going to say he's the MVP of this team? Um, I'm not going to... Uh, I'll do it. I'll do it. DeFran, MVP. Um, God, yeah, if... well, it was Team Germany. It was Team Germany. Okay, okay. Yeah, they weren't top eight, but they were They were at the World Cup qualifiers. So Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go ahead and say DeFran has a fantastic season back. I mean, this guy's a great player. As long as he doesn't have any meltdowns, which now he's on a professional roster, he's not on selfless anymore. He's with an organization that can help him, um, help him make sure that he doesn't freak out, that he's okay. Um, I think he's in a better situation now. And I think he's a very skilled DPS player, um, who's, who's going to make a big name for himself once again on the Atlanta reign this season. Uh, DeFran's going to be the man, the Atlanta man. Um, what's, what is next? Anticipated matchups. Uh, who are you looking forward to seeing Atlanta play? I mean, first week we're looking at um, Atlanta versus Florida. Uh, I think you know, it's going to be uh, – I think you're, you're geographically – uh, closest teams for sure mm-hmm. but uh yeah i don't know i'm trying to look around uh for uh so, some of these uh, team comparisons um i mean uh, other other players or other teams that pull from element mystic i mean we have guard uh, on london um and also um soul has a couple of players from that squad that they picked up uh, so some of those teams might be interesting again looking uh just at uh, uh, player connections, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's uh, harder for sure for one of these uh, 
uh, expansion teams really to make to draw some of these connections. But uh, it'll definitely evolve as we get into the season. Yeah, uh, I feel like Atlanta-Florida is going to be a nice little rivalry, possibly. They're the closest team geographically, like you're saying, and the McDonald's thing, the Fran versus McDonald's. <laughs> um, uh, Philly Fusion, I'm going to throw Philly Fusion out there just because of what I, what we were saying earlier. They both are very similar s- strategy style, overall, very similar strategies going into their f- initial season. So I feel like that's going to be an interesting matchup for sure. Uh, very multi Go ahead. I was gonna say, and they're both owned by uh, cable companies. But yes, <laughs> but, but yes, multicultural. You're right. <laughs> multicultural cable companies here. Um, but yeah, multicultural. They've got they've got people from all over the world on their starting lineups, and the cable companies own them. So big, big rivalry right there. Um, yeah, those are the only two. I've got. We'll see. We'll see what happens. The, these teams are going to build rivalries, of course, as as it goes on. What place do you see Atlanta being in at the end of the season, Joe? Um, yeah, so that one's harder to say. I mean, uh, we, you know, we've talked about uh, so lots of these returning teams. I think are going to do uh, just on average a bit better than some of these expansion teams are, uh, just on the nature of of doing the things. But. Um, even ranking Atlanta among expansion teams, I think it's a little bit hard um, just because of uh, lots of the things that we don't know. I mean, like we know Vancouver is going to be a pretty good team. Uh, at least the two of us seem to be convinced that uh, DC will be on the lower end, you know, but uh, you know, some of these other ones are going to be harder. I think, uh, I don't know. Um, uh, Hopefully, what doesn't happen is that we see uh, Atlanta go the way of Florida. Uh, the, you know, I think uh, the, their org seems a little bit, uh, a little bit more stable than that. You know, we've seen uh, Florida's really having to do some re- rebuilding this season. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's so well, there's 20 total. So it, it, I think definitely Atlanta lands in the uh, the bottom half. I think. Uh, uh, you know, I think they could they could push towards the middle though if they wanted. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm with you on their bottom half. I don't see this team making playoffs. I see them like 15th to 17th. Um, I don't think they're like a bottom tier, like very bottom. But I don't think they're playoff bound or wild card bound even. Um, and I don't think they're too close to wildcard bound either. I don't think they'll be fine for it at the end of the season. Fifth, somewhere in 15 to 17 is where I got them. Um, so that's one of our first, I feel like that's one of our first, like, disappointing placements. Um, or disappointing previews. Probably are the least, both of us don't like Atlanta too much. But uh, Dallas, we're moving on to Dallas. They are a very interesting team. This is a very interesting preview. Dallas Fuel. This is our Pacific team um, because they've had a very interesting offseason. Uh, it's caught a lot of people's attentions, um, especially Fuel fans who there are a lot of them. There are a lot of Fuel fans um, because not only did they start doing super well at the end of the season, but they have made some very nice changes in the offseason. Um and some and some coaching changes in the off season, Joe. If you had to give this off season a grade, what would you give it? Yeah, I think uh, like the only you know nitpicky thing I think we could talk we could say about Dallas uh, 
is their DPS line, uh, and that's only because there's too much there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's uh, on the scale of problems to have. You know, there's not much, uh, uh, not much better of a problem you can have here. But uh, again, looking at uh, Time Zachary, AKM, and Effect. But uh, yeah, no, I think great pickups already. You know, coming up with RCK uh, to. Uh, help out with OG on, on the main tank position. Uh, obviously, uh, keep him Mickey, but uh, uh, reinforcing the support line with the addition of Closer from London, um, and obviously Zachary from NA Contenders uh, from Fusion University. Uh, you know, it's a huge contribution to that team. Hopefully, we'll be able to do the same on uh, a sort of a flex DPS type position uh, for Dallas. But yeah, I think uh, you know, I don't think uh, at all through the season that they uh, they did anything that we were really um, really confused by or really upset by, which uh, we can't say about every team. Uh, but yeah, so they definitely get an A. And obviously, you know, the addition of, uh, uh, I think Arrow was there already, but the addition of Jay and now also from uh, World Cup Team Canada uh, coming in as assistant coach, that's that's a really powerful uh, coaching duo as well that that's going to be, uh, I'm really excited to see where Dallas goes. Oh, yeah. I I think their biggest upgrade was, was – uh wasn't the coaching honestly but they, they, yeah rck is a great addition i think ogs everyone is head over heels for ogs tank play um uh it's like they don't even miss it. all their tanks i just <laughs> xqc to oge adding rck all these three letter and then and you AKM. also have akm on your team <laughs> um so many someone did make a post on the subreddit about um a team with like a abbreviations or three letter names or whatever that was pretty funny to me uh but yeah i agree with you i also give dallas's off season an a uh zachary is a fantastic pickup um uh, especially to help out akm we know akm's genji's not the best and akm (laughs) hasn't been too strong in some places where he has been forced to uh play um mostly because effect wasn't there for him um, but adding Zachary just, just helps AKM out even more, but I think it almost pushes AKM out to the side a little bit more too, uh, along with Taimu, who I think both of these players were good at the beginning of Overwatch, but have consistently gotten a little bit worse as time has gone on, which stinks because Taimu was once the best in my opinion. Uh, so he's not looking good. So adding Zach is, is a fantastic pickup with the DPS line that is kind of getting older. But uh, Zach's here now, the young boy. Um, and then Closer is a fantastic pickup as well, because I don't think Harry Hook has been performing that well lately either. So Closer is a great pickup. I think they they went, they looked at their their weaknesses and they they filled them out and and they really really helped out their roster. I can't give them anything but an A for the Dallas Fuel. Standout players this season. Who's last year? Dallas Fuel kind of had uh, effect. OGE two standout players that everyone thought uh, were just the best players on these rost on this roster by far. You had Mickey's Brig, which was fantastic. Who do you think's uh, really going to step up this year for the Dallas Fuel? Um, yeah, so I know definitely players I'm going to be watching uh, definitely has to include Zachary. You know, obviously, uh, again, really big on Fusion University uh, as a Fusion fan. You know great i really uh, <laughs> enjoy watching zachary also in the uh uh world cup a little bit for team usa um but so uh, d- definitely there or 
the like you mentioned, I think Effect uh, was probably easily one of the most hyped um, players going into Dallas Fuel season one, other than maybe XQC. Uh, but it, and then you know, uh, a good portion of the season, you know, th- that uh, either wasn't there or uh, you know felt like uh, it definitely could have been underperforming. So we would really want to see um, Effect coming in. Um, and really doing what uh, uh, you, you know, what we know he's capable of that uh, wasn't always reached uh, at different points in season one. Uh, it's yeah. probably yeah, th- those two, both DPS players, but yeah, uh, Zachary and Effect, I think definitely. Hopefully, Effect has has worked on his mental issues and is ready to get back to the game because he's a fantastic player when he's playing at his best. I'm going to go with OGE um, and his fantastic tank play. I think more people would have noticed him. He would have got more credits. He would have he would have been held up very high if the Dallas Fuel were actually a good team at the end of the season um, and were in the playoffs. I think OGE could have easily tussled with Fissure, tussled with all these other tank players everyone's talking about all the time um, if his team was in the playoffs as well. So if they do make the playoffs and if they're good enough to do it, I think OGE is going to be up there for an MVP candidate, possibly uh, Dallas Fuel. They made a lot of bitter rivals in season one. Uh, who's who's your most anticipated matchup for them? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, you, you know, because uh, this is a, a team that's uh, you, you know changed changed up enough, even from season one, and then from season one from its origins. You know that it's uh, a very different team. I think uh, actually Dallas Philadelphia. I think we we see that uh, twice, right? No, well, just no, once. once. Uh, uh, I can never remember which uh, Texas team is in which division, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, uh, the the Dallas Philadelphia that's gonna be cool. Um, obviously, uh, Philly uh, we're evidently turning down uh, you know Zachary's uh, contract options to send him to Dallas. You know that that'll be uh, interesting to watch. You know Zachary playing against the likes of uh, Carpe and EQO, um, uh, and then obviously you know uh, Dallas Houston. We talked about that. Uh, you said that was like uh, stage three sometime, I think. Stage uh, two. So two. Or stage two. And the stage okay. two, yeah. So uh, but yeah, those those two definitely are going to be uh, real cool to watch. Yeah, uh, definitely. Definitely looking forward to both of those. As a, I think Houston-Dallas, like I mentioned, one of my favorite matchups. Um, Dallas-London's going to be cool now. Uh, the closer's on Dallas. Uh, that adds a little bit of a storyline to Dallas-London now. Uh, who else? Who who else? Uh, Dallas Dallas LA is always fun. LA Valiant that is. Um, but yeah, Dallas versus anyone's fun. Honestly, it's fun to watch Dallas. So, uh, they could be playing anyone, and I would say, God, this is a heated rivalry because I I, I feel like <laughs> Dallas talks the tr- most trash, sort of. Um, yeah. Compare compared to season one. Will Dallas do better, the same, or worse? And obviously, we're not talking, they're going to be, we're not talking what place they get. We're talking whether they didn't make playoffs last year. Do you think they're going to do better this year and possibly make it? Do you think they're going to be the same about middle of the pack? Or do you think they're going to be worse? They're going to be at the bottom of the pack. Uh, I think definitely this team going into season two has all of the pieces that it needs. Um, to to do really well you know we, we saw um you, you know even stage four uh even stage four last year that um 
really sort of starting to step into their own um and oh it was the meta but whatever brick's still meta um but uh but, but no it's gonna be uh really cool to watch and see exactly how uh, uh you, you know how high they can go i think because uh they're uh you know, not to overhype them, but I don't think there's much of a limit they're looking at right now, uh, or at least not one that it's uh, really hard to define until we start seeing them in action, uh, start seeing them against some of these other teams uh, that have also, um, you know, changed up significantly more or less. But, um, but yeah, I think they're gonna they're gonna do pretty well, uh, or I hope they're gonna do really well uh, for certainly going into 2019 season. Yeah. Uh... Toot toot, the Dallas Fuel hype train is here. Um, they're going to do much better. <laughs> did, did, it, did it ever really leave, though? Yeah, it's always been here, no matter how poorly <laughs> they were doing. I remember that at last stage. It was like half our last season, like halfway through stage one, it was like, all right, they're finally, here it comes. They're finally going to start winning. Like, this team is not this bad. Like at, at every point in the season, I don't think, I think I gave up on the Dallas field. I was like, okay, this team's bad. Like at some point in stage two, I feel like that's at one point in the season, there were still people that were like, this team's good. Like they're finally going to show up. <laughs> I, I think they were the number one uh, cheered team on Twitch all season. I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and that's because that's of all something. the personalities they had on their team. They had Siegel, they had XUC um, for a little bit there. and uh, For a while. <laughs> and um yeah everyone's a huge dallas fuel fan i like their branding a lot i love uh but as a houston outlaws fan i gotta hate them um but i do think they're going to be better this year um i know everyone was saying dallas was going to be one of the best teams but i think they've actually they've come out i mean they they don't have too much of their envious roster left they they finally have adapted to the times they've got some great coaches like if they don't make playoffs this year, it's going to be disappointing, or at least the wild card playoffs. If they don't even make the wild card thing, that's going to be even more disappointing. Uh, but I think they're going to do a lot better this year. Anything else to say about the Dallas Fuel before we sign on off, Joe? Uh, I don't think so. No. This was a. This it was a, going to be a big episode. <laughs> it was a long episode for how little was on our rundown, but we're here. Um yeah thank you guys for listening um hopefully we'll be back next week it is a christmas next week but hopefully me and joe can find a time Um, might might be wednesday or thursday but you know it'll work we'll 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 find some time to do it uh social media if you want to follow us on our personal twitters mine is at jw george iv and joe's is at kirkpatrick underscore inc that's inc uh our show has a personal twitter uh it's on the flank show uh, and we have an email on the flank show at gmail.com. You can either tweet at us or email us. If you have any topics you would like us to talk about. Um, of course you were listening to this in some way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, we are on, on the flank.podbean.com. We're on my personal YouTube, which you can find linked on my Twitter account. Um, we're on iTunes, we're on Apple podcasts. And if you're an Android person, we are on Spotify and we are on Google play. Thank you guys for listening to this very long uh, but nice episode of On the Flank. We will catch you guys next week.